You're listening to a Whales Are Whales production. You're also listening to Whales. Visit whalesorwhales.com for more projects and shows like this one. Abigail, please. I thought you of all people would know that we, uh, in our reverence of literature and uh, storytelling, we are recording in a public library this week. Um, so you need to be very quiet um, and not disrupt everyone. Uh, this is episode 12 of Third Person. I'm your host. Shh. I'm your host. We're getting strange looks, Abigail. This is, this is, not, this is not professional. This is episode 12. Of third person, this is going to be about unpopular opinions, and I'm your host, Brian. Joining me today is my co-host and resident screw-up, Abigail. I'm so sorry, guys. I don't know why I'm laughing. Uh, all right, yeah, we're as you can tell, we are not in a library, as obviously we would have been thrown out by now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, this is episode 12. I am your host, Brian, and joining me today... Is Abigail, she's done giggling. Uh, are you? Good? No, she's not. So I'm going to just move on to our, our third person here. It is not Steven, because Steven is out with a horrible fever Uh-oh. and possibly dead. We're not quite sure. Oh, possibly. no. Uh, not possibly. That's bad. That is bad. Wait, um, not possibly? The, I, I don't. I would assume that he would know if he was I'm nervous. Dead. Wait, the, the would level- Steven know or would Brian know? Steven would definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually Steven wouldn't know. That's like... He probably Part wouldn't. Whole, yeah, he would be like the one person who wouldn't. Well, I mean, plenty of people wouldn't. But anyway, uh, joining <laughs> us today is Steven's uh, stand-in and, and uh, impersonator, Parker Crow. Hello, Parker. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. You, you need to work on your Steven impression. You don't sound enough like me. <laughs> I'm doing quite well? <laughs> Getting closer. I think you need to do a bad pun, though. Uh, I don't know. I'm in a well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Uh, but well yes, enough. Parker is a uh, mutual friend of the show. We we have all known him for quite a bit now, and a smart person. So we decided we get him on to say smart things. Smart things. Okay, I'm done. Bye. All right. Bye, Parker. Bye. I'll just kick you off the call now. Um, <laughs> but no, really. Also, he holds some very interesting and unorthodox opinions, as everyone does. So it'll be very interesting to discuss. Um, but before we do that, we are going to start with the segment we always start with, and that Abigail loves the name of, oh, what yeah. have you been narratively involved with? Um, and basically what that means is, like, what stories have you been uh, consuming or being a part of recently? Uh, Abigail, we're going to start with you, if you can, uh, you know, compose yourself. I'm done giggling. <laughs> are you? All right. Are you, though? Really? Are you really, though? <laughs> All right. Hi. Um, I have been involved with many things this time, and I have been involved with more than friends. That's good. But I have also been involved with friends. Lots of friends. All the friends. Um, Okay. I finished The Golem and the Genie, which is one that we started a while back. Have you or Stephen finished that one yet? Uh, I can't speak for Stephen. 
Um, partially because he is potentially dead. Yes. <laughs> um, but I can speak for myself and say, nope, but I have been reading more of it lately. Yes. Um, going back to it a little bit. Uh, what did you think of it without, you know, spoiling everything? Um, I expected it like until about three quarters of the way through, I expected it to pick up and get faster Mm-mm. and it never did. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of getting that impression. Yeah. There were a couple of scenes that I couldn't put down, but it was really just a couple of scenes and (laughs) they weren't, I mean like right in the end and then sometimes towards the middle, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a party in one of them. And I, that was the, like my favorite scene in the entire book. Um, and so that Mm. one was pretty exciting, but for the most part, it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting some big like adventure novel with the golem and the genie. And it was really more of like a slice of life almost where their story is just told and there is a climax, but it's it's not like huge or anything. It's not like yeah. the world will die. It it's was just a, kind um, of their own personal climax. It's not like a a bad book, but it is weirdly like unengaging. It is so easy to put down mm-hmm. um, and kind of difficult to pick back up, just because it is so kind of like a. It's just chill. It's like yeah. oh, we'll just tell you things on our own terms, and yeah, if you're interested, you'll keep reading. Exactly, um, and I liked it, and I was I was interested enough because there was. There were questions I had. And so I was interested to keep reading in order to answer the questions for the most part. It took me mm-hmm. a while to get into the characters. I mean, I liked the golem right away, but I kind of hated the genie first. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think. <laughs> what did you I've, hate about the genie? He's annoying. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well so, put. Yeah, but it's pretty good. I mean, I would recommend it, but I would only recommend it to a certain audience because it's, it's really not what I was expecting. Yes, yeah, so genies will get a kick out of this book, but otherwise, you know. Maybe I feel not like thing. golems would like it better. Oh, that's an interesting question. We should have a golem on the show sometime and get we should. Get opinion. You know one? Uh, potentially. Okay. That's so what else have shady. you been um, reading slash watching slash? <laughs> oh, that was the other potential name for this segment. That one is even worse. So <laughs> yeah, we'll figure something out. I have also been reading Servant of a Dark God by John Brown. All right. Um, so if anybody listens to writing, is this like a handbook for cultists? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Cool. Like the Gravedigger's Handbook, only yes. the Raising the even, Dead handbook. Even more morbid. <laughs> yeah, it's even. It's like the other side of the spectrum. The Abridged <laughs> Don't Necronomicon. Raise the dead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much. That one's also interesting. I'm not as far A into it. A is for Acolyte. <laughs> okay, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> B is for Blood Ritual. <laughs> B is for Bloodborne. Uh, all right, uh, Abigail. I'm sorry. You can actually talk about this book now. Whatever. No. All right. I like <laughs> um, your team spirit. It's, it's good. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I'm having a little trouble following because I don't typically read this kind of story. And it's it's big and there's lots of n- new names for things. Like there's new civilization. It's a high fantasy. So there's new ah. civilizations and new cultures and new people and new rules and new things that happen. And so I have to keep track of all of it at one time. Um, so I'm I'm continuing through. And I'm basically waiting for that moment that it all clicks. And I just remember it. And I can really get into the story. Um, so far, the only thing that I have to dislike about this book is the fact that there's a character named Sugar and a character named Legs. Legs. And I think that's <laughs> stupid. It beats a character that's named Sugar Legs, though. That's, that's just true. I don't know. It's that sounds worse. like a good nickname. <laughs> sugar Legs. No, that's bad. That's terrible. <laughs> yep. I was waiting for you to come to that realization independently. 
uh, just took you a little time. Yeah. There's a there's kind of a subculture in this book that are all named after things. So there's rivers, sugar, legs, etc. Some of them are okay. Like, I mean, I can see a girl actually named River because that's an actual name. Yep. Um, but I mean, who names their kid Legs? The uneducated. Anyways. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, he so, was a farm boy. So yeah, high fantasy is not your typical genre. How are you it's finding not. this compares to other fantasy you've read? Um, I haven't read that much fantasy. Oh. So Do you like this? I do like this. Okay. It's not my typical genre. It's not necessarily my go-to. Like, I get home, oh, I really want to, you know, get into this. But, like, once I do get into it, I don't want to put it down. Yeah, that, so I have to get I over can the see that for of, a fantasy. It's a different genre. And a different world, which takes, like you said, mm-hmm. a little bit of learning to, like, exactly. really engross yourself in. So you still haven't read any of Brandon Sanderson's fantasy stuff or Patrick Rothfuss's, correct? Um, I would, well... Legion was kind of fantasy, but not, no, that wasn't really fantasy. No. Not really. That, was that would be urban fantasy, fantasy if, anything. if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. I have okay. one on my iPod. Oh, God. iPod. I don't have an iPod. You're so old-fashioned, Abigail. <sighs> I, know, I know. On your Apple Watch. No. I don't do Apple. <laughs> the best place to read books. Oh, yes. I have one on my Android. Oh. Um, it is The Way of Kings, I believe, actually. That's I a really good book. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. You should read that book. I think you'll like it. I should. There I are a lot of names, though. I'm sure there are. And it's the audiobook, which is going to make it harder, but at the same time easier, because I'll know how to pronounce them all. Gotcha. And then there's uh, Patrick Rothfuss's story, The Kingkiller Chronicles. I believe the first book is called The Name of the Wind, and the entire book is about how important names are. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to read that book, especially with what I've heard about the intro. <laughs> What's wrong with the intro? I've heard it's slow and boring and disengaging, it- and I don't like it. It is. Wait, you haven't even read it. You've heard that you don't like it. I'm judging this book by a cover. <laughs> the intro actually is specifically slow and boring, and I thought it was a dumb book. And Stephen's like, "No, you're dumb. Keep reading." And I'm like, "Okay." And then I loved it. So there's my experience with that book in a nutshell. So this book told you oh, wow. that you were dumb, huh? No, no, no. You missed the story. Part. No, 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 no. Stephen told you. Basically, he was confirming that the book told you you were dumb because you, oh, you yeah. continued reading it and found out it was good. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah the book proved my dumbness. Exactly. And that's what you want every good book to do. Speaking of good books, Abigail, what else have you been up to? <laughs> well, the last thing that I have consumed in the last couple weeks has not been a book. It was a movie. It was called Practical Magic. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it was weird, judging by the name. I've seen it on Netflix for half a year now at least, and I always think, hmm, maybe I should watch that. Nah, I don't think so. Um, but I finally watched it this weekend when I was doing my movie binge, and it has Sandra Bullock in it. And um, some other girl who's really cute, and I forgot her name, but she's also really popular, so there's that. Um, and it was basically a, a romantic comedy of sorts, but also kind of like a magical drama. It was weird. It was about these two witches um, okay. in real life. Like, I mean, not real life, but like it wasn't a fantasy land or anything. It was like a small town in America. Um, and it's like these two witches, and it's basically about them, you know, working together, the bond of sisterhood, rah, rah, and like breaking curses and stuff. Um, there really wasn't a lot more to the story than that. I will say it was <laughs> an interesting way to spend my time. I didn't stop halfway through, unlike two other movies I started that weekend. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it, it, I enjoyed it, but it was also really weird. It does sound really weird. The important question, Abigail, is what two movies could you not finish? 
Um, I did not finish And So It Goes, and I also did not finish the live-action version of 101 Dalmatians. Um, <laughs> although I probably will go back and finish that one. I just really didn't feel like watching it at the time, so I what paused it. What prompted you to watch that? It just seems like such a random choice. <laughs> um, I have recently watched the cartoon, and so I, I hadn't oh. seen the live-action since I was a little kid. And so gotcha. I wanted to know how much like the cartoon it was. So I started it, found out it was very much like the cartoon, got bored and stopped. <laughs> I vaguely recall disliking the live action movie, but then I was like six at the time. So my yeah. opinions were pretty dumb. Well, I mean, he does meet the girl and then later that evening propose to her and she says yes. And that's weird. Oh, I don't even remember that part. <laughs> Isn't that what happens in real life? Wait, does the oh, dog yes. propose? <laughs> the dog doesn't propose, but the... Oh. Uh, the guy does, um, it, and it was it was a cute scene. It would have worked if they had established that these two people had known each other for many months first. Right. Um, but it just kind of threw me off, and I was like, what? I mean, I know that happened, but in the cartoon, that didn't happen that way. <laughs> the amazing thing is that he went into the first date with a wedding ring. Yeah. You know, I thought you said it was later that night, so, you know, there's was technically time night. passing where he could have, like, so, run away, pulled the ring off a lady, and then brought it back. <laughs> yes, he's so. a jewel thief. They, exactly. They met by accident because of the dog. The so dog he just had a ring on him, period. <laughs> he He's like, what if tonight? I meet my wife today? <laughs> no, it was, I better be ready. It was the st- the ring that, you know, when you put a cup of coffee on the table and it leaves like a stain, It was that that was the ring. Oh. What? So he just like put a cup of coffee and said, just wait. Yeah, because he's asking her. The way he did it was he's like, so uh, do you want another cup of marriage? I mean, another cup of tea? Oh my gosh. It was this wait, are such you, a dumb conversation. We're moving on. Um, that's good, Abigail, though. You're broadening your, your horizons from just watching Friends constantly. I am, except I stopped that one 15 minutes through to watch Friends, so. Uh, oh. So only slightly see, broadened. Yeah, see, I was beginning to wonder why we were having you on the show every time. You're just like, I watched more Friends. I'm like, hmm. You I know thought what? she was a writer or something. I'm in season five now, so I'm halfway through. Oh, there you go. There you go. When you're done, you can tell us about how I met your mother. I'm 150% through. (laughs) That's how that works. Sure. (laughs) All right, move on. I'm done. So, Parker. Yes. I trust you've been narratively involved with something recently? Nah. Shoot, these notes are lying (laughs) to me then. I have been watching a good deal of Better Call Saul. All right. Do you have any idea Um, what that is? So... I do, but for the sake of our audience who doesn't, I'm going to pretend I don't. Okay. So, Parker, what is Better Call Saul? Better Call Saul is the follow-up slash prequel slash spin-off to Breaking Bad. Whoa. And it is amazing. That's is it as good things. as Breaking Bad? Yes. Really? Yes. Really? So, it is like a prologue, correct? It takes place before Breaking Bad? That is correct. So, Breaking Bad takes place circa, you know, 2009-ish. Um, yes. The entire events of that show happened within about two years uh this currently is taking place in about 2002 so all right quite a ways before so who is this saul character saul is actually a character within the universe he's not real in context either the the main character's name is james mcgill uh and Mm -hmm. saul goodman is a persona that he puts on Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, who who is he? Why is he putting on a persona? Because uh, he, he a drug he's a lawyer. <laughs> oh, even worse. Yeah. He, uh, right. <laughs> in, in Breaking Bad, he mentioned that the the name Saul Goodman got him better business with the uh, Jewish culture or culture community, rather. Um, <laughs> so he he went with that, and they actually reveal in Better Call Saul where he got the name from. Uh, he before he became a lawyer, he was a a con artist, kind of like a 
he would pull scams on people. And, you know, they'd ask him, hey, man, what's mm-hmm. your name? Or how you doing? And stuff. He'd go, you know, Saul Goodman. Stuff like that. Wait, he, that's seriously I'm, I'm, where it came from? Yes. I, I, some, they're oh. going to tie it into how he became Saul Goodman, I'm hoping. But Oh, my gosh. That is such a dumb origin story. I know. They haven't, they haven't really... They haven't mentioned how he's become Saul yet. He's still trying to become a lawyer as James McGill. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. It's, it's interesting. It's a whole lot slower than the first season of Breaking Bad. Uh, but they are taking their time setting up their characters, and they're doing a wonderful job, uh, in my opinion. And they've actually they've created a whole host of new characters and brought two characters from Breaking Bad in, and two of them were some of Two, both of them were my favorites, so there's that. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're, so is it like lighter in tone than Breaking Bad or about the same? It's um, overall, it's been lighter in tone. Um, right. It's not a comedy, although the, the character of James McGill is comedic in many ways. It's it's most right. certainly not um, as dark or in many ways depressing, but it has its moments. Uh, in the second episode, which aired like seven weeks ago so i don't think it's much of a spoiler they have to (laughs) save two skater punks from a drug dealer and oh no it's actually a character that was in the first season of breaking bad named tuco uh Mm -hmm. james was going to run a scam on him because you know old habits die hard yes Uh, the the goal was to run it on this woman who had allegedly stolen uh 1.6 million dollars from the county but he accidentally uh-huh. ran the scam on Tuco's grandmother, and Uh-oh. that went quite poorly. Or maybe it was his aunt. I don't know. There's an older woman related <laughs> to him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it's his mother. It's really good. It's his abuelita, which I think is his <laughs> grandmother or aunt or something. There you go. There you go. So um, does it is it similar in that it's trying to like do this? Because Breaking Bad, I haven't actually watched it yet, but from what I hear, it's very much like a character biography, kind of about one person and his slow... Uh, transformation throughout a series yes. obviously it's only a couple episodes so far in so far but does it seem to be similarly like focused on saul as a character kind of growing from episode to episode or does it seem to be focusing on a broader cast um it is most definitely focusing on saul himself uh one thing that they did that they i don't remember them ever doing in breaking bad is they had an entire episode devoted to a separate character uh to fill in their backstory mm. uh which was wonderful because i'd always wanted to know about that particular character um but I can I can see where they're setting him up for a breaking point where he's going to break bad, if you will, because he's going to shave his head. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so in his youth, he was a, a scam artist and whatnot, and he's been trying to mm-hmm. go straight and become like a legitimate lawyer. And right. Things are not going his way. Little does he know that's an oxymoron. Oh, yes. Yeah. And And I can see where they're probably going to set him up to where he kind of becomes the sleazeball that he was in Breaking Bad. Right. I mean, it's kind of an interesting show because you know the guy's into point and it's pretty similar to his starting point. So like, yeah. how much of an arc do they have to work with here compared to Breaking Bad? It's going to be interesting to see how they keep that compelling. So far, it's been very compelling, if not a little slow. Excellent. Yeah. I really need to watch Breaking Bad, apparently. It, I've heard good things. I watched all the way up to the fifth season and then watched from the second season through the fifth season with someone else. So I watched <laughs> it twice before I ever finished it. <laughs> Is it five seasons? Yeah. Okay. Abigail, did you ever finish Breaking Bad? No, I'm still in the end of season four. 
and uh, the last couple episodes that I saw, I hated. And so I haven't really oh. gotten up the guts to like watch it again. Although I, I hear from Parker that I'm right about at the point that it starts getting amazing again. Mind Why blowing. did you hate it? Oh, it's amazing. Um, the characters were being stupid mm-hmm. and I didn't care about them. Mm-hmm. And the episode was tense, but I also didn't really, again, care about the characters. So I felt like I was torturing myself for no reason. Yeah, but what are characters without care? I mean, care is even in the word. It's right? true. <laughs> but yeah, I think in yeah. the next couple episodes, though, they'll start either being less stupid or at least being more likable. I don't know. I hate <laughs> them the right two? now. <laughs> I don't know. Trust Parker's opinion on this. It yeah, no, I, I totally, I do, I do trust it. I just, you know, friends, gosh. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> like that, that piece of like storytelling genius. How can you pass that up for anything else? It's Grant- addictive, man. It's like math. What? Granted. Well, that's actually a pretty good uh, comparison because, you know, Breaking Bad, drugs, you know, yeah, clever. Uh, but I'm not really going to talk. Granted, the only, uh, the only TV show I've been watching recently is Supernatural, and that's not like amazing either. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, how, how far into that are you? I'm sorry, I we're still on Parker, much, but I'm curious. I, ha- I haven't made it too much further, and just like maybe a couple episodes. I haven't had much time for TV at all recently. You know what was really annoying though is, um, do you happen to remember you watched Buffy a long time ago, Abigail? Right? Yes. Do you happen to remember in season six the like nerd characters they had who were like the villains? Yes. Okay, they those were guys hilarious. were hilarious. The hound dog, like the hellhound guys. You thought they were funny? No, well, I mean, they were they were hilarious as like not like f- continue. Okay, <laughs> I thought they were horrible. Like, they were. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty terrible. And this last episode of Supernatural had them in it like exactly like they created the same characters but in supernatural with the same jokes and the same humor style so much that these characters even referenced buffy really which got really mad that's amazing (laughs) did they use the same actors no i wish no but they did an incredible job at making like a a insanely and insanely annoying archetype of a uh, nerd like i don't think it was well done that but if they wanted to if they wanted to be annoying above all else they did it like this guy was the most annoying person i've seen in tv so i was hate he, like, when all nerds and kind of had like that that weird nerdy speech kind of did talk like not this. quite that angle it went a little bit more modern nerd in that he kind of had you know uh, i believe a fedora oh, and no. glasses <laughs> and a beard <laughs> He was, was a hipster real, nerd. Yes. He was a nerd. Very stuck up and very annoying and like, uh, what would you say, pretentious to everyone around him. Um, so they went to like that next generation, but just the humor is so bad. One, one reason I found Buffy's writing so bad and one reason I found the writing for these characters so bad is they try to make nerd jokes, but because they ostensibly are writing for a non-nerd audience, all of the nerds like references are super obvious. Like the yeah. joke is the fact that they say Lord of the Rings. It's similar, I think, to the Big Bang Theory problem in that mm-hmm. they can't get like too obscure in the references because then the mainstream audience won't even, you know, get it. Yeah. But it doesn't feel authentic at all because even if you were a really annoying nerd, that means your references would be even more obscure and not like mainstream. That's so true. it's really weird. Um, Zoids are better than Transformers, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the noid. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, it was not a very good episode, but I'm still remaining entertained with the show because there were some great, like, plot-heavy episodes before no, that's that. That's good. And if it makes you it, feel better, I hear around season five it really picks up. Yeah, I'm only four seasons <laughs> out! Woo! <laughs> I'll stick with it, though. I like the show a lot. I just haven't had time to watch stuff in general recently. 
I have, however, been playing Dark Souls 2, which I notice is also on your list here, Parker. That no is match. Because you were playing my copy. <laughs> I am. I am a thief. I'm a dirty thief. Nah, it's fine. Um, how, how have you been enjoying it, Parker? Um, the storytelling, especially. Like, okay. Uh, well, Dark Souls is a really interesting story. It does. If you know where to find it and pay attention to it because it's completely and 100% optional. That's a fair point. It is, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's that intro movie that, you know, explains nothing. I think that intro movie actually, like, not only does it not explain anything, it robs intelligence from your mind. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's so, like, bizarre. Um, right. It's... It befuddles you even more. It's yeah. like, what even happened? Why are these old ladies telling me I'm dead? You'll be something other than human. A thing that feeds on souls, feeds on souls, feeds on souls. So, yeah, the storytelling in Dark Souls is interesting because it's pretty much all told through, like, item descriptions. Yeah. And, uh, what would you say, inferences you make from the environment around you. It's None of it is like a plot where people tell you what to do. It's um, It's all just learn from the environment around you as you're trying to go around um basically murdering things yes which um it still sticks to the video game template enough to give that as your primary goal mm -hmm. um but it reminds me like shadow of the colossus is a game that comes to mind in terms of how it kind of lays out its narrative definitely in that it tries to be very minimalistic in what it tells you um but yeah how do you think like dark souls compares to the other souls games in terms of how it tells its narrative and, and the story it has to tell because i never really got into those enough to get a feel for for those storytelling uh specifically dark souls 2 or dark souls 1 uh right dark souls 2 um the so i played through dark souls 2 right when it first came out and mm -hmm. had it not been for copious amounts of hours spent on reddit and youtube i probably would not have gotten 90 percent of the story uh, I don't, I think I have 2%. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like actively seek out a lot of the story and most of it was um, pretty obscure and hidden in many ways. There's a lot mm -hmm. more, believe it or not, there's a lot more exposition in this one than there is in the other games. I can kind of believe that as one who played Demon Souls, there's a, there's a little bit more around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually a character that just comes out and tells you some stuff towards the end. Um, oh, although wow. I have not played the new version that we are playing uh, very much, Scholar of the First Sin, mm -hmm. apparently they added in the titular Scholar of the First Sin and completely befuddled all of the lore ideas <laughs> that you know all of the internet had come up with before. Now they're just messing with people. Pretty much. Yep. Uh, but I think one of the reasons the storytelling in Dark Souls 2 might be a little different from the previous games is that the the original director on the project wanted to make it more mainstream. And then uh, mm -hmm. he kind of got kicked off and another guy came in and had to work with <laughs> what he had already created. He's like, all of this writing is way too clear. We need to just go in here and like swap words around. <laughs> oh now. yeah. Okay. Totally. There That's exactly go. what happened. Uh, but I don't know. I I'm actually struggling to remember a lot of the, story i just kind of had general ideas like if you asked me right. about characters i could probably tell you all about them but the overall yeah. story of of dark souls 2 was kind of one of something that had been lost basically like yeah when you come into drang lake and, and majula most of the people they came for something they did not find it and they've lost more than what they had before they got there uh mm -hmm. and 
whereas most of the other games are kind of like a cycle. You know, uh, a beginning and end are the same thing. This one appears to be, instead of a the beginning of a new age, it is the the end of an age going into kind of nothingness. Right. That's kind of how it reminds me of Shadow of the Colossus in that it's discovering this place that you can tell used to be so much greater than it is now. Oh, yeah. You're just discovering like the ruins of the civilization. It's just so empty. It's so barren now. Um, there's practically no one around and the few people who are just seem so broken and distant mm-hmm. in their own lives now. Um, and yeah, I think the lack of, um, explicit storytelling is kind of nice, even if you never end up delving in and understanding all of the lore. Oh, yeah. It just very much gives you this sense that there's more there than you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps that air of mystery rather than a lot of games, which, you know, every bit of lore is just like thrown into your codex. Oh yeah. Totally. Or whatnot. So. It's it's a really engaging way to learn about a world, even if you only learn little bits as you go around and die repeatedly. And and what's nice um, is that you kind of get to fill in the cracks yourself. Um, so what everybody takes away from it, it, unless you you know just fully take what somebody else has, has said, it's it's going mm-hmm. to be kind of your own interpretation, which is nice. Yeah, indeed. And for people who haven't played Dark Souls before, it's kind of like, what do you call it? High fantasy? Uh, I guess. I guess it is. I mean, it's its own contained world. It's not like, it's not the real world, is it? No, no. Some weird, yeah. So it's high fantasy in the sense of being its its own contained fantasy world, but it feels kind of like low fantasy in terms of being very dark. Oh, yeah. In in content and very dismal and dreary and grim. And other D words. And (laughs) grim is not a D word. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that last (laughs) time. Drim. Yes, it is very Drim game. That's probably the best way to describe Dark Souls. You mean Dark Souls? Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, that is the best part of the podcast so far. Well done, Parker. (laughs) All right. But yeah, that is uh, anything else, Parker, before we move on here? Anything else you've been uh, narratively consuming? Bloodborne, the other Souls game released this month. It's so weird that it doesn't have soul. Like, it should be Blood Soul. Yeah. Well, you know, he... Miyazaki, when he made Demon Souls, that was his own thing, and then Dark Souls was his own thing, and now Bloodborne is its own thing. So he's pulling the yeah. Final Fantasy route of storytelling. Oh no, are we gonna get are we gonna get Dark Souls thirteen two? I hope not. <laughs> God. Uh, so yeah, uh, just jump into this real quick. How is Bloodborne doing story compared to the games before? It pretty similar. It is very similar. Um, in that it's it's all there for you to actively seek out. This game, uh, I don't, I haven't played it because I don't have a PS4, but I've been watching people play it. Uh, they actually do have lore stuff in the world that you can find, like just straight up messages that, that give you tidbits of information. Um, so it's a little more clear in its lore, but it's it's certainly um, just as obscure in many of the other things. And boy, is that game disturbing. <laughs> yeah. You you haven't actually played it, though, no. right? You've just been watching people play yeah. it? Yeah, I, I would like to, but I don't know if I could spend, like, 100 hours in it like I did with all the others. Do you find that makes it hard to keep up with the lore if it's like, oh, they switched item descriptions, gosh darn it, I wasn't done reading? Uh, I I don't care so much. Um, I, I'm kind of just taking in the world itself. Yeah. That's typically what I do my first couple times through. Uh, and right now mm-hmm. I'm mostly watching just so that I can get a feel for kind of how it is um right because in order to play that game, here's how it is yeah here's how it is um <laughs> get, playing that game would be a significant monetary investment so yeah because uh, for people who don't know it is only on the playstation 4 and doesn't yeah. look to be coming off anytime soon and uh yeah. you don't own one yet so that'd be buying an entire console for one game that disturbs you down a deep level yeah. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe not the best w- a way to spend your money. Don't tell me how yeah. to spend my money. I, I'm just <laughs> suggesting it might not be the best. <laughs> You're probably going to buy one anyway, though. Who are we At some point, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Maybe I can get a cheap one off Craigslist. Hope I don't die. Yep. Yep. Just steal someone's ring. Sell it. <laughs> Go the 101 Dalmatians route. Yeah. All good. I'll just follow around <laughs> people on first dates. <laughs> you can make a reality sh- TV show out of that. Yeah, and then work. I steal it and run away, and it becomes cops. <laughs> it's it's punked, and then quickly switches to cops, and then uh, yeah, and then D- Duck Dynasty for some reason after that, no one knows why. Yeah, I'll I'll grow a beard on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we better stop sharing this on the air because we need to copyright these. You're ideas, right. Man, I'm sorry, and get them going. Um, but speaking of ideas, that's pretty darn similar to opinions. And that moves us on to our main topic. Dun, Today, our main dun, topic dun. is... Sorry. Oh, wow, Abigail, I'm sorry. I uh, interrupted your it's amazing okay. little okay. You just don't like my sound effects. I know that. Whatever. Move on. Okay. Na, 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 <laughs> na, 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 na. All right, Abigail, if you're going to be that way, if you're going to put a divide between <laughs> our hosts here, if you're going to bring angst and... Dissent within the podcast, then you know what? I'm all about other G words as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so today's topic is unpopular opinions. That is basically just any opinions on storytelling we hold that are outside of the mainstream. Maybe you think Ewoks were a good addition to Return of the Jedi. Definitely. Um, All right, Parker, we'll start there. (laughs) (laughs) Indoor, I don't know. I'm never mind. I actually like the Ewoks. Really? I have no problem. I. Okay, so here's my problem with Ewoks. My problem with the Ewoks isn't necessarily that they're, you know, teddy bears that uh, that wear little hoods. Uh-huh. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I, I didn't really care about them visually. It's just the segment with them in the movie is so boring. Like, It's kind of random. You're like in the middle of this really interesting, like, uh, adventure going on where they're landing on the planet. And they're going to take down the shields and Luke needs to confront Vader and all this stuff. And then suddenly these teddy bears kidnap them and take them up into the trees and they take like 20 minutes to join their tribe. And it just feels really random. Um, Honestly, but I, don't think- I don't remember any of that. The only thing I remember from that movie on Indoor is when the dude on the like hover bike hits the tree. That's always what I think of when people say the word Ewok. Yeah, me too. That's me legit too. the the one and then the, scene that the comes to mind. ATST, I go, that was pretty like exciting. The, the Walker thing. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily blame you for not remembering this. It's also my hated part of the movie because, okay, a couple different times I tried to watch all of the Star Wars movies in a row. Oh, um, like in one day? Celebrate. That's dumb. Yeah, yeah, oh. all in one sitting. It's back when I had way more free time than I have now um, to celebrate Star Wars Day. And so I made it through a couple times, but the problem is it was always right around the Ewok pot on indoor that I would start falling asleep. <laughs> I not, like, like, I don't know, 15 hours at that point or something. I had been watching movies constantly. So it's kind of the bane of my existence because I just had to keep myself awake through it. And it's like, no, it's so boring. So you're actively making it worse. I am indeed. That is the story of my life, Parker. Uh-oh. Um, so maybe yeah, had you not done that, you would actually like the Ewoks and we would have a really good unpopular opinion. You ruined everything. That's what I was going to say. That's a problem. That's an example <laughs> of a popular opinion. That is a popular uh, opinion. We need to find some more unpopular ones here. Abigail. Uh, why you start with me? Okay. This is an unpopular opinion. Although it's popular with you and me, but it's unpopular with five-year-old girls. Frozen is the worst movie I've no, seen in five oh years. We are not going into this, <laughs> You, you put it in the notes. We can argue. You about did Frozen. put it in the notes, and that was you know, the the first thing that popped into my head because everyone went so crazy about that movie. I was told 
that it was better than Tangled. Oh, God. Those no. are the words that were told. They're like, oh, my gosh, you have to see this. You're going to love this, Abigail. You need to go watch it. It's better than Tangled. It's going to make your life. It, it just disappointed me, and I've kept that burden for over a year now. Let it go. After that burden, good lord, how many times have you unburdened yourself <laughs> on this podcast? Um, no, okay, it still so hurts. Still we, hurts. Before we get into this, I want to say the reason I put this in the notes here, Abigail, is it was my clever way of saying, okay, if I joke about it here, Abigail will be like, well, that's an old joke. I'm not going to bring that up on the podcast. You of thought wrong, that sir. That backfired. I obviously know nothing about Abigail. Obviously. Uh, you know what? That is my strongest unpopular opinion, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Well, th- here's the thing. I was going to bring liking Frozen as my unpopular opinion <laughs> because everyone hates that movie now. Are you Good kidding? No, like, it's still it's, loved. It's really right. beloved. It's really just our circle that hates it. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, it is mainstream beloved, but everyone who is like, you know, one step outside the mainstream can only talk about how it's overrated. See, here's so. here's the problem. You you can look at p- opinions in two ways. You can look at yes. opinions following the mainstream and you can look at opinions outside of it. I would tend to consider myself a dabbler. I tend to pick either one depending yeah. on what I like. So I'm happy to like mainstream and go with them unless they're stupid. Um, because for instance, my other, what I would consider an unpopular opinion is only unpopular in my non-mainstream circle of friends, which is the fact that rom-coms rule all. That is an interesting opinion. Yes. They are the best. I love all right, romantic so comedies. so just in the effort to move away from Frozen here, because that's always a good thing. Um, you know, Brian? <laughs> yes. I recently gave Frozen a second chance. What did you think? I was severely disappointed a second time. How could you be disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> like, what were you setting yourself up for? I was, it was on, and I was making myself lunch, and I was like, you know, I'm going to give this movie a second chance. And then I was like, wow, this sandwich is really good. Why is Frozen still on? <laughs> there were, okay, I, I was with if it you were here, up I would until the, you right now. The, when Elsa started singing. That's like the best part. No, no. No. It's a really okay, good song. I it's do just like her song. Been played like I like 16... her song and I like the way that it goes. See, here's the but... thing. Here's the thing. That entire scene looked like it could use another like 150 hours of render time. And I was looking at that going, this movie looks unfinished. And there were sections of the, the plot that were like just gone. And I don't like whatever the hell her sister is, whatever her name was. I can't remember. Anna. I can't. Anna? Anna, yeah, that chick. I don't like her. Because she doesn't have awesome ice powers like Elsa does, and then the movie just doesn't even focus on Elsa. (laughs) Wait, so your problem with the movie is that there weren't enough awesome ice powers? That is correct. There weren't any. Is The Incredibles your favorite Disney movie? It is probably my favorite Pixar movie, yeah. Aha. Not that I think Incredibles is bad, but suddenly this makes sense. You want a superhero movie. No, that's not what I said. Because Wally is is probably my favorite Pixar movie followed by The Incredibles. Wally's a really good movie. Wally's great. Thank you. That's you're the only, opinion, only two people that I've actually met that really agreed with that. Oh, my God. I <laughs> cried. It was so good. I did, too, kind of. <laughs> All right. So this has been a pretty good lesson in just how opinions can vary. Because as you were talking, Abigail, like opinions come in a lot of different shades. And um, and a lot of it is informed, like, even what your your uh, expectations are going into something. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where Frozen is a very oh, good absolutely. example of this. Whenever I go into a movie, on some of my favorite movies have been the ones that I knew nothing about going into them. 
Frozen was one of those. I literally knew nothing about that movie other than the name. And I saw like a little like spot they had mm-hmm. put out, which was like a silent film of the reindeer and the snowman. Um, oh. So it was like completely different from what the, what the movie actually was. Um, and in addition to that, I had no idea it was made for, by the same people who made Tangled. I had no idea it was a follow-up to Tangled. Oh, okay. And I just see, that could the be the it. difference right there. Well, see, I don't right. remember I was told it was better than Tangled, so I was expecting it to be better than Tangled. Uh-huh. I was hoping and it would be as good as Tangled. Yeah. With the first song, I was so excited. Like, I honestly, I was excited up until about a third or a halfway through because the beginning was really good. And I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. But then once I realized that all the songs were the same style, not like the very beginning one, and that there were plot holes, et cetera, et cetera, I didn't like it. Um, I mean, there were a couple parts that surprised me at the end that I really liked, but it just made me sad. Yeah. And uh, Frozen is probably, it's hard to call either of our opinions unpopular on Frozen because so many people agree with both of us. <laughs> there are a lot of people in this world, so it's really hard to have a truly unpopular opinion. Right. But I think that movie in particular is just like, it's so divisive. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, there is a mainstream consensus that it's good or bad, because I just feel like there's so many people who love it. But because people love it so much, there's been like such a backlash to it, partially because it's been commercialized a lot and remixed a lot. So people are a little sick of hearing Frozen songs. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Um, there were There were parts that I really liked in that movie. Yeah. Uh, specifically when they were on the lake and she like stopped time with her badass ice powers. Because, that was awesome. Yeah, that was great. I wanted more of that. Interesting. I, I I will admit that not enough ice powers was never a criticism I thought to have about really. Frozen, but now that you mention it, you, I can I can see it's that. called Frozen. You have to admit though, it is yeah. called Frozen. It's weird though that there is this character with all these great awesome powers that are never used. Well, she does it in a great song. She like builds an entire ice castle. <laughs> well, eventually, that's why that part was good. I liked that part. Yeah. See the the thing awesome. that I don't like about. Uh, certain stories like that is see okay i'm gonna use this as an example are you familiar with the godzilla movie that came out last year or the year before i'm familiar that it's bad yeah okay so i went in and i looked at my dad who i went and saw it with and i literally said to him i hope they don't do that thing where they have the awesome plot device or whatever and then focus on everything else but that and that's exactly what they did and that is why i don't like frozen it's a good example that is a good point. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, both of you on this, in that I really love the first third of the movie. And then once Elsa, like, traps herself up in the castle, I think the whole movie just kind of goes downhill from there because they don't really know what to focus on. They kind of put her in a state where she, they kind of can't do anything with her until the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, what do we do with the rest of this movie now? We kind of just trapped our most, like, our most compelling character. And I honestly didn't mind her being trapped for the entire movie because I thought the reason that she was trapped was in order to save her sister. But then at the end of the movie, when it turns out that nothing happened to her sister whenever she became untrapped, I thought it was all pointless. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of it had to do with the story. Had they fixed that one thing, I probably would have liked it a lot more. Right. But yeah, in, in short, I, I agree with a lot of the criticisms about Frozen. I just find it's that first third of the movie is still really great. And it's mm-hmm. still like, as animated movies go and... um Children's movies in general, I think it's really good and has a lot of strong points. I just think it's also very flawed. Um, and um, I'm a little sad about like how over saturated everyone's been with it. Because I thought, for example, like Let It Go is a really good song when I first heard it outside of the public sphere of then everyone doing something with it over and over and over again. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Moving on to other opinions that aren't actually about <laughs> Frozen. Um, so, Eldorado, that was a good movie. <laughs> 
I've never seen that, that movie. That actually was a good movie. Don't t- wait. What is that? Do most people hate this movie? No, it's people actually hate really that? good. It, no, it, oh. I, I, oh, okay. you're missing the point. I know. I was just point. It, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I think that's an okay fantasy book. You're wrong. <laughs> Tolkien is a hack. <laughs> oh, hey, there's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> he ripped everything off from Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> the point, man. That's C.S. Lewis. He gave him guy. no royalties. <laughs> Well, C.S. Lewis actually did rip everything off from other okay, people. I actually do Go have an unpopular Rowling. opinion. I don't like Narnia or anything associated with That's it. That's right. You do have that opinion. Yes. That's an interesting opinion to explore. So, Parker, uh-huh. why do you not like Narnia? Because there's no thematic consistency whatsoever. <laughs> you have this little satyr guy, and he's in a, a, a wardrobe or whatever. And uh-huh. then you have the lion, who is Jesus. And then like, mm-hmm. there's this evil ice Jesus witch. Jesus is a mammal. And then Santa Claus gives people weapons, but also it's it's just it's so hodgepodge. It's like let me take all of these things and cram them together, and I don't like that. Does it make more sense if it was based off of an imaginary world he created when he was like twelve? Yes, it did. It, that that, that, was that makes that makes more sense. Yep, him and his brother made up an imaginary world, that and he based Narnia off. Actually, of it. makes me feel a lot better. I was always just like, well, it's a kids' book, so I don't really care. But that actually makes me like it more. <laughs> yeah. So I already did like it. I didn't have that unpopular opinion. It's hard to argue with it. I don't think you could go to Lewis and he'd be like, no, look at the lore between the Seder. <laughs> he would just he would just look at you and say, You're missing the point. And then Tolkien would say, No, you're right. It stinks. Yes. <laughs> See, this is the only You know, I like the Lord of the Rings, but sometimes yeah. I think and this this is an unpopular opinion. Sometimes I think oh, Tolkien is an asshole. <laughs> I cannot argue with that statement. But I agree I mean, that Narnia is not as good as it could have been. I'll say I'll I'll form my opinion that way. It's not as good as it it's not yeah, anyway. <clears throat> See, I'm going to debate your opinion about Narnia just because I don't I don't think what you're looking for was the point of Narnia or necessarily would have even made Narnia better. Like I don't think Narnia would have been a better series with a cohesive lore behind it. It's just I don't think that's the point. I can't get into it. I mean it, it could sense. be very, very good. I just don't care. I don't does, even love Narnia myself. I haven't been able to get through all the books again in a very long time. But Abigail, you were saying something. And I interrupted this you. brings up a really good um, basis for unpopular opinions. One reason mm-hmm. that we can have some unpopular opinions that might, you know, I would not consider your opinion invalid because you're simply not his target market. And so while you know we have those people like me running around and you know dissing frozen or whatever i just think this is an interesting (laughs) thing to bring up um we'll have people who who open their mouths and like just diss things all over the place and then it's like but you're not the one they were writing to for instance harry potter's criticized a whole lot for the same things um just Mm -hmm. the inconsistencies and she stole all her creatures from random myths etc and i'm like well where's she gonna get to 11 year olds (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter. They like just seeing all these fun things. They want to see all their favorite things in one book. And so it just depends on who you're writing to. So I just think that's an interesting um, concept to bring up when thinking about something like that. Like your your statement of, I just can't get into it. Mm -hmm. Totally valid. Well, I mean, to be fair, I have not read the books. I've seen some of the movies or the movie or whatever. I watched it when I was 11. I'm like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like why is santa claus giving these kids weapons uh, we we have talked about this <laughs> before because it's symbolism I, oh my god i know i watched a lot of <laughs> japanese stuff i'm okay with symbolism but 
Still. Oh, yes, you were ruined early. What? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My life changed when I started watching Yeah, anime. I need to say, by the way, that Parker is really into anime, so all his opinions from here on out, just you know, keep that in mind. They're completely invalid. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was getting at. Yep. And there is a he difference with the kids who literally grew up on um, the fantasy weird stuff like that. You grew up on a different kind of weird and then brian grew up on video games or something i grew I up on <laughs> i don't know what caused him to think what <laughs> i he don't does, know but whatever it was I just, he grew up on something you're, you, where you came from oftentimes is going to influence your yeah. opinions as well and it's it's it can either blind you or open you up to a whole new world and make you like things that are actually legitimately bad well you know i just i like a little bit of consistency i understand yeah. that and that's definitely something I've noticed across your opinions. Um, and that's another really interesting thing is opinions are an interesting blend of like objective statements. We try to make something, make about something and subjective, uh, just parts of our preferences mm-hmm. and personalities. Totally. Um, and I it's so easy to conflate those two and just bar- argue mm-hmm. with someone and you're never going to come to a consensus <laughs> because your subjective personalities are just looking at this thing differently, yeah. even if you're both trying to argue about it through an objective lens. So yeah, I, I tend to feel like uh, opinions are, us trying to validate our subjective feelings with objective statements. That's a yeah, that's really a great way to put it. Precise way to put it, Abigail. You're welcome. You get a gold podcasting star. <laughs> I would. Clap, All right, so but we I had was discouraged an... from doing that earlier. <laughs> Burn. All right, so we've had our little insightful moment. We're going to jump back into saying uh, things just off the cuff and arguing with each other. Um, anyone else have any unpopular opinions they want to throw out here? You haven't thrown out one yet, I feel Brian. I haven't said one yet. And um, let me think about unpopular opinions I might have. Man, Abigail, there's something that we were like completely outside the mainstream on that I'm trying to remember now. Uh, and oh, 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 I know it. And the problem is both of you agree with me, but no one else does. <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldier is a horrible movie. Oh, my God. I wasted my life twice on that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take this one step further and say okay. that the first Captain America was also a bad movie. That's a popular opinion, though. Huh? That's... I thought. Most people I talked to hated that one. Okay. People are okay with that one. For some reason, everyone loved Winter Soldier, and I think it's just because of, like, how, like, well-produced the combat mm-hmm. in it was. Like, it looks really fun. I don't know. I was bored with that no. whole thing. Oh, man. I was too. I, I had a problem with the fact that he was basically walking almost completely straight up towards his bad guys, and all they were shooting at were his shield. It's like, his big, legs are right it's, there. It's shaped like the... Or it's colored like the American flag. Why wouldn't you shoot it? And and then the girl, um, the bl- Black Widow, was running away at one point. They totally could have shot her. I'm sorry. They, they were, were they, they were too like busy rifles. admiring. They didn't Abigail. have handguns. That <laughs> that's a good all right. Point. So Abigail, I need to um first stop you that yeah. I don't think we can criticize the movie for I'm for so- lacking I realism. Know. Oh yeah, like, let's not but, go but that. But what about all of America's super soldiers? Okay, can I criticize the movie? Um. In that, okay, two things, and they both have to do with plots. One, this is better. One, the bad guy, like they literally get dropped into the bad guy's lap, and he explains the entire plan to them. Yes, but he like, okay. but he expected Wait, them is this to the die. German There's, scientist. Exactly, he had, there, he had a cruise I get gloating. I oh, get gloating, and I get oh haha, I did this thing. But you took fifteen minutes to explain in detail the plan that you laid out. <laughs> That's dumb. Hail Hydra. Um, <laughs> two, the ending of the movie was a video game. 
And I thought that was kind of silly. It's like, oh, get these three things and take them to these three points and (laughs) unlock the prize and win. No. And there wasn't even a Winter Soldier video game. It's so disappointing. That's kind of dumb. That would have been a perfect plot device for it. Exactly. The main like, problem I, don't I had with both game, of those movies movie. was that the, the mm-hmm. Captain America movie I wanted them to make was the five-minute montage in the first Captain America movie where they were actually fighting right. through Germany. You know, like yeah. the movie they should have made. Right. Yeah. That would have been the best. The actually interesting movie they could have focused imagine, on. Imagine Saving Private Ryan or like Band of Brothers, but with Captain America in it. That'd be that would be amazing. Wow, that would be really good. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. I really liked the first Captain America movie until you said that, and now I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, look at us. <laughs> Not only are we bringing up popular opinions, we're ruining things for because each other. Because that this could have been so good. I mean, I liked it because World War II and fun, but uh, that would have been Those two don't go together at all. I love World War II <laughs> stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I had just so many problems with Winter Soldier. I was really excited. Okay, so there was a point where it looked like it was going to be like a buddy cop movie with Nick Fury and uh, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is going to be great. And then Nick Fury got shot and just completely that fell out of the actually story. actually one of my favorite parts was that Nick Fury was hurt because he's always the untouchable. Yeah, I loved that. It's just that. once he dropped out of the plot, it was boring because you no longer had Nick Fury there. Yeah. He was he was awesome. I like, honestly was, was bored from start to finish. <laughs> that was the one bit I liked. Like the car chase with Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. That was a good scene. That Gosh darn fun. it. <laughs> to me, that was it, legit. the whole thing just seemed like it was very sloppily put together. Like the cinematography mm-hmm. wasn't even very good. The plot wasn't very good. The right. the whole like reveal of who the Winter Soldier was wasn't very good. <laughs> oh no, that was very predictable, Bucky. unfortunately. Spoiler. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows. Um I knew yeah. before the movie even came out. <laughs> I was Wikipedia. also well, because well I mean, that's not as cool as all the people who read the comic books. But just, you know, hips. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh, down to the fact that they had to force a semi-romantic scene into the movie because every good superhero movie needs a kiss. Oh, right. Yeah, it was even like, wasn't it just the fake kiss to make sure it people was, didn't notice you're yes, watching? it was the fake oh, kiss gosh. to make sure that people weren't watching. And the only reason that was in there, I'm sure, is just because it's like, oh, we need someone to kiss. Ah, uh, Black Widow. So that here. reminds me of one of my favorite gags in Buffy. And there were a lot of good gags wherein they did this right. Where Buffy and Xander were um, infiltrating a military base. Mm-hmm. Um, so Xander was pretending to be a soldier, and then Buffy was pretending to be a scientist. And so they were walking down um, a flight of stairs, and some people just started walking towards them, didn't seem to be taking particular notice to them. And so Xander tried to kiss Buffy in the, you know, whole like, you know, fake thing so they don't notice. Mm-hmm. And Buffy's just like, no, that would be really weird. They're going to notice that. <laughs> You're in the military base. Like, I don't think that's exactly going to make you blend in. Yeah. So that was and see, a very that, good would, that would work for them because it's too. The, the, the dynamic between the characters is very different than the dynamic right. between uh, Captain America and Black Widow. Exactly. But it's Plus, like, it's Black Widow's a... taken. So. It would have been even Wait, better she... if they had kissed and then the guys did notice and then they like started catcalling or something. That would be hilarious. <laughs> but since it's a military yeah. base, they're all like, oh, yeah. And then they just walk away because they don't care. <laughs> But yeah, it. I just don't really like Black Widow's character at all in any of the um, no, movies. No, so I've far. never liked her, even in the cartoon that I base all my opinions of Avengers off of. <laughs> That's probably an unpopular opinion, the fact that all of your Avengers opinions come from a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the cartoon Avengers Earth Mightiest Warriors. It came out in 2012. Uh, no, 2011. 
I don't know, like a year before the movie, this right. this cartoon came out, and I saw the entire first season and absolutely loved it, despite the fact that every scene, w- like every episode, was random. Um, right. And I fell in love with all the characters, and so when I heard that they were doing a movie about the Avengers, I got amazingly excited for it. Um, and so I've based, I've kind of been comparing everything that I see with the Avengers to that show. And right. that's one reason I'm so like disappointed with the way they did Hawkeye and um, with people's perceptions, you know, from this movie. Because I'm like, but but the show, they were really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Black, but Black Widow wasn't good in that either. I mean, she was. Meh. I mean, she, I think she was bad <laughs> that's in, in the, the show. Perfect she way was, to describe Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> she was st- bad for the most part in this show. I mean, like she wasn't bad, but she yeah. was working for um, whatever that group is. Oh, yes. Um, Hydra. No. Oh. No, God, no, uh, not them. The other uh, one. Hydra. The one that's good, but the Avengers. Shield. Family. Yeah, she was working for Shield, and so she didn't like the Avengers, and so they were kind of at odds. Mm. Um, but I mean, she was just kind of like the sexy girl that they threw in because they needed a sexy girl. Pretty much. I mean, that describes, unfortunately, way too many comic book heroines. Yeah. Um. I mean, but, considering yeah. it's marketed to like guys, it makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's still dumb though. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they market to guys, their largest audience? Ugh. Yeah, it's it's, it's a problem. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to something positive. All of our opinions so far, except mine about Frozen, but you guys just had to shut me down. <laughs> um, you know, what, Brian, I think you're wrong. All of our opinions have been positive. That's see what I did there. Nice, you made a positive <laughs> you did that opinion. Really well. It's also unpopular. So well done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yes, is there anything that you like that no one else seems to? Um, I really enjoyed the Odyssey of Homer, you know. I don't... That's interesting. I, I think a lot of people like that. I don't know. Oh. If you ask just the general public, they'll be like, the what? <laughs> Can I go for one that I liked when I was 12? Sure. Yes. I was obsessed with Mary-Kate and Ashley books. They had All books right, of those? to explain to they me had who, books. who this is. Uh, uh, Mary Kate the Olsen twins? The Olsen twins. Per, like just you're going to, have to explain. Okay, have you ever seen the show Full House? We'll go way back. You're going to have to explain. <laughs> to me. So okay, Brian, in Hollywood, there are there these, are these twins, twins. <laughs> okay. called Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yes. Okay. I honestly don't know why they are so famous. They're going to say I don't know why they are twins. I'm like, <laughs> but oh, they just are. They started on this show called Full House. They each okay. played. They played one character. The two different girls. They were like five at the time. So they would okay. switch out the actresses to play the character. Um, but anyways, as they grew up, for some reason they were super famous and popular. I still, for the life of me, cannot figure out why, but they (laughs) got their own line of dolls, books, movies. Actually, they had a couple different lines of books. Um, but the two that I liked were the detective ones and the, um, like Dear Diary or something like that. It was basically this book by, you know, it was, it was Mary Kate and Ashley, each of their diaries while they were at this boarding school for girls. That sounds boring. Or something like that. I know, right? Mm. <laughs> I was obsessed with these things. <laughs> and I think it's because I wanted friends. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. That's so sad all of a sudden. But Aww. it's like it's like the life that I wanted but couldn't have. You know, the the girls you are like to go popular. To <laughs> they like date boys and stuff. You Wait, know, how old oh. were they? They were probably like sixteen or. Oh, okay. Because I, I always think of the Olsen twins as like super young, like eight or eleven. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> no, yeah. starting them they young. Were like, 
yeah, somewhere from 15 to 16 or okay. so. they were like early high schoolers. Before they became crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They also had a uh, cartoon show that I really liked that was like they were secret agents. Um, wow, these Olsen twins really got around. Oh, totally. yeah, they really did. I was just obsessed with all of these. And so I still kind of have fond memories from that time, although I admit that, you know, I was probably dumb for liking them. Probably. But, uh, that's an unpopular um, opinion, and it's good. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's really good, but... It's not good, but it's good, you know. It's positive. I, yeah. It's uplifting. I was actually afraid to tell people that I liked them, though, because I knew that I would be ridiculed. Exactly. Well, don't worry, <laughs> Abigail. You're not at all putting this on a recording that it's going to go up <laughs> But see, I said used to. I used the word used to. I don't still oh, read okay. these things. Jeez. All right. Do you mind if I ridicule you then? Fine. Ha ha. All right. We're Ouch, on. it hurts. <laughs> uh, what about you, Parker? Anything you love that everyone else just seems to hate? Oh, boy. Uh, what is Dark the Souls. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think I've got to have some of these. I'm just trying to... I, you know, I, I can't think of a lot of things that I, like, really love that a bunch of people hate. But I can think of some things I that mean, I hate anime. that a bunch of people love. Oh, no. We've already gone over these. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes me sound I mean, like this super, like, pessimistic person. But that's that's not the case. Um, you just like good things. It's, it's not your problem. Yeah. Or maybe I'm, like, deceptively mainstream. Uh-oh. There you go. Oh, oh no. Uh, like the weird thing is things that I like, I, I typically like in spite of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. So like, I love the Sonic games. I was games, just going to mention those. But they have horrible stories. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, no, no, no. Shadow is the ultimate life form. <laughs> and what that means, all right, no. Sonic stories are pretty terrible. I'm trying to think, okay, I like Warcraft, but a lot of people like Warcraft. And I also think the story's kind of dumb in those games. So. You know, it, it's, as much as I like them. It's funny. I actually really like the lore in that game. I like it, but it is like very, it's not like, most of the books are pretty poorly written. Oh, yeah. It's not a lore that I would say is like excellently done. It's more just really cool and heartfelt and fun. Yeah. But it's not something I'd like to defend as this is a fantastic story. Most like stories that I really enjoy, I seem to be on pretty solid ground with okay which is disappointing yeah i should um i feel like i need to have more non-mainstream opinions as well but huh that's, you know uh, we can't all be hipster sometimes I mean, the mainstream is right there's a reason so many people true. like it and yeah it's, cause it's good that's that's typically what i say when i tell people that i read uh manga like bleach and stuff well i used to read it anyway <laughs> There's got to be a reason so many people are reading. No, no, no. This is basically, like argument. people will be like, "That's so mainstream. Why would you read that?" And I'm like, "Oh, because it's good." <laughs> yeah, like Death Note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Death Note's great. It's great. All right. So a, a broader question I want to focus on here before we move on to our super special segment time um, is how do you? And it kind of actually ties into to what we were just talking about here. Do you find when you hear opinions from friends or hear opinion from mainstream that it sways your opinion much or do you find you're pretty independent of that like obviously we're all going to have um have it influences to some degree or not but some people are like i don't like that because it's popular um some people you know try to validate themselves with the opinions of others like where do you think you fall on that spectrum um a lot of times it it depends on what the subject is um you know i sometimes i will allow myself to be swayed sometimes um i won't there have been many cases where i could feel myself changing my opinion and deliberately chose not to (laughs) (laughs) um but i mean it's all on a case-by-case basis i've I've done both i tend to be pretty easily swayed 
<laughs> um, and I like to think that's because I'm very open-minded. So I'm like, hey, yep. throw rocks at me if you want to. And if my opinion is wrong, it'll change. Um, but if mm-hmm. it's right, the rocks will bounce off. Um, but there are some cases in which I will specifically ask someone not to say anything negative about a story because I like it so much. And I oh, just yeah. don't want it broken. So Phantom of the Opera is one of them. And I'm just like, I will discuss this with people who like Phantom of the Opera. And if you don't, it's usually because you don't like opera, so you don't have anything nice to say anyways. So please don't say anything bad about it. <laughs> well, Abigail, I have never seen <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. Yes. But I can say with good authority that Phantom of the Opera is... <laughs> <laughs> you hurt me dearly. I have um, never seen Phantom totally of the Opera. I totally know what you mean, though. And I yeah. can say with good and authority so there's that a lot great. of people... <laughs> Les Mis is one of them. A lot of people don't like it. Um, but it's mm-hmm. usually the people who were not expecting to go into something and listen to singing for two hours. Or people who don't like insanely sad stories that are never not sad. Um, Etc. And so there's usually a target audience with it. But there's You're certain things... You're making it things. sound like Joss Whedon wrote Les Mis. Right? <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> Joss Whedon reincarnated. No. Um... Mm. Or rather, Victor Hugo reincarnated in Joss Whedon. Um, mm. But yeah, so there, there are opinions that I have that I will specifically like only share with certain people because I like it so much and I don't want to hear their negativity. Because I will continue liking it, but it'll just hurt. Right. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I've had a recent experience on that recently where I'm like, okay, Steven, we can start watching Supernatural together, but don't nitpick it the whole time because mm-hmm. i like i enjoy this show i don't want to spend the whole time talking about its flaws like mm-hmm. there's there's stuff to enjoy here and sometimes it does like it's really easy for me once people like say something for me to think through that thing over and over again and analyze it and see if they're right about it and even if it doesn't change my opinion it gets me constantly like reevaluating. yeah my it kind of yeah. throws you out worry it just ruins usually it like you. it because you can get lost in it but if you if yeah. you're listening to nits you can't get lost Exactly. And I'm like you, Abigail, and then I'm like, I'm I'm typically pretty open-minded. So, like, I can talk to one person about something and say, huh, you're right, and then walk to the other person and say, huh, you're right, too, and you hold the opposite opinion of that other person. <laughs> uh, I don't quite know what I think about this anymore. You all have very valid points. Um, so, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, I think we're in a pretty similar mindset of that. None of us are, none of us seem to fall in the camp of we want to like things that are unpopular, though. Yeah, we're not hipsters. We aren't. That's kind of unfortunate. Fipsters, really. Maybe if Steven was here. <laughs> he has been, Cameron has accused him of being a hipster innumerable times at this point. So interesting. I think, I think he would have an interesting, uh, interesting perspective on this whole discussion. Well, we can now move on to our super special segment time. Uh, this segment took me a long time to think of the name for, but I'm uh, pretty happy with what I came up with. So what the segment is going to be is we are all going to list different opinions we have, and the rest of the panelists have to guess whether we're lying about these opinions or not. Um, we hopefully all have prepared a few, and this segment name is Faux Opinions. So here we go. Abigail. I knew you'd start with me. Before we start, can I ask a question? Yes. Do we reveal whether it's true or false after they've guessed? Uh, you can do that at your discretion. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and yes, Abigail, starting with you, I'm going alphabetically. I thought your name is A-B. A-B, to... E, all the... I just have all the vowels and everything. Exactly. Um, you don't, wait, you have them? Yeah, you got them all? I got a lot of vowels. Except it's Abigail. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't have U, I don't Bow-gail. have O. 
Have a ghoul. All right, Abigail. All right. Anyways. And don't tell us ahead of time if it's fake. That would ruin the point. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I prepared a couple. It was actually really hard for me to come up with ones that I wasn't sure if y'all would get or not. Same here. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one to do first. Okay. Um, One of the opinions that I came up with was... In uh, in my opinion, maybe true or false, I don't know. Horror is best attempted in books. Interesting. Ooh, I've talked to you about horror quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and I know you enjoy horror literature much more than any other horror mediums. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you think that it's best in books because horror. I mean, the visual and sound component can be huge for it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But it can also it's it's so hard to get it right. Because the second you get it wrong, it's completely broken. I'm already judging Abigail's opinion. Like, if she chooses <laughs> yes, that's a bad opinion to hold. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, If that opinion's true, I would kind of agree with it. But at the same time, not necessarily. But there are far more okay. uh, poor horror movies than there are horror books. I, I, I'm going to say it's best attempted in books because books can't use jump scares. So books are forced yeah. to uh, approach it in a more interesting and psychological mm-hmm. mindset than other mediums. I, so let's see if we got this I right. I will say that it is also true. Abigail's going to feel, I just changed her opinion. <laughs> so now it's true. <laughs> Parker said true. Brian, what did you say? I said true. Okay. It's true. Yay. All I right. do think it's best attempted in books, um, mostly because... Most, mostly for what Parker said. Once you get it wrong, it is wrong and the entire thing is ruined. And I think it's a lot mm. easier to get it wrong in movies because, one, you can do things stupidly. Two, as soon as you reveal the monster, everything mm. is just shot. And that tends to happen a lot. Plus, uh, for me personally, I like to use my imagination when it comes to horror. I tend to be more scared, I think. Um, if I can use my imagination and wonder what's happening, but it also won't go too far because there are a lot of horror movies I just can't watch because they will affect me poorly because yeah, I can't right. tone it back. Right. That's but a slight, with a book, yeah. you can go way far ahead or you can tone it back. And it's especially if it's well written, um, you can you can put it exactly the level that will be scary to you, but not detrimental. Right, there are like there are safety valves mm-hmm. when reading it. It's pretty nice, yeah. So that's probably one of my uh, stronger opinions that I don't know. If, I don't think it's popular because it seems to me that horror movies are very popular, whereas horror literature is not quite mm-hmm. as much. Yep, that Stephen that King is begs well to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Stephen. King, okay, we're not even going to talk about Stephen King. Moving on. Yep. Was that about to be All an right. unpopular opinion? Oh. <laughs> Look at that, I, Parker, drawing them out of people. Well, yes. Abigail, your opinion is what? Stephen King is a hack? I don't like Stephen King. Mm. I like I some of his stuff, but he can't do endings, and that ruins it for me. <laughs> okay, like I've King only the way seen he, a couple of them. Like, narrates. Like, yeah. I haven't read any Stephen King, which is probably an unpopular opinion. The opinion of I'm not interested in reading any Stephen King. Yeah, it's probably really haven't random. given him enough of a chance. I read the first chapter of Cellular. And I was mm-hmm. turned off because of a, a particular word choice. And I went, oh, I remember. I, this I, like, I read it and I went, why would you use this word in this context? And I closed the book. Nice. Yeah. Have you ever gone back to Stephen King? No. <laughs> I, I knew a guy br- briefly that read the book It. And apparently mm-hmm. there is like a, a child molestation gang rape scene 
So why yeah. would you? Why would he you? He puts that? some really weird stuff in there, and he yeah. is very explicit Yikes. in what he writes. Exactly. Um, mostly, he just has random plots, and I think maybe I just judge him because I did read on writing, and I really did like on writing, but I also judge him because he he doesn't plan out his stories at all, and I think that a story not planned is a bad story. I can get writing by the seat of your pants and starting that way, but I think once you get into it a little bit, you need to figure out a good ending and a good way to tie everything together so that it all makes sense. And to me, his stuff just doesn't. I love the idea of writing by the seat of the pants if you can then go back to it and then like tie everything together. Exactly. But like getting a first draft through that method sounds kind of awesome to me. That's Oh, yeah, yeah. I love doing writing. first drafts that way. Because um, of the unpredictability. All right, Abigail, it's time for... Actually, we're going to come back to you. Yeah. Park, yes. <laughs> you go ahead and throw out a faux opinion for us to uh, judge and All right. think about. All right, okay. Um, Tom Clancy is my favorite author. That's false. I've never <laughs> heard you talk about Tom Clancy, ever. I've never Clancy, heard you talk ever. about Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> this would be awesome if it's true, though. I wish it was. <laughs> the closest thing I've ever come to reading a Tom Clancy book would be playing like Rainbow Six. Or <laughs> also, that would be very insulting because Abigail is an author. You, what? you fiend. That's true. Oh, I was like, well, I was really confused. <sighs> I was like, are you comparing me to Tom Clancy? <laughs> yeah, you write all this awesome political thrillers. Oh yeah, you know, The Hunt for Blue October, your best book. <laughs> all right, I'm not gonna lie. You said Tom Clancy. First thing I thought was Clive Cussler. I don't even know who, who that is. Uh, Sahara. I don't know if y'all have read it. He does no. the uh, the Dirk Pitt novels. Dirk Dirk Pitt is his name. I don't know. Y'all need to watch Sahara. Awesome. I'm still so confused. <laughs> okay. It was turned into a yeah, Matthew Parker. McConaughey film, and it was amazing. Continue. Who? All right. Anyway, <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Um, I'm. Yeah. I you don't know, know the who name, Matthew but McConaughey is. I know the name, but I could not. He takes like, his put shirt off and everything. Interstellar. He played the main yeah, character. Interstellar. I never saw Interstellar. Oh my gosh! You need to see Interstellar. <laughs> It's not as good as Frozen. I already know this. All right. <laughs> that's on. an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Time for my faux opinions here. All right. <clears throat> I prefer Revenge of the Sith over Return of the Jedi. No. Oh. What? Okay. I'm going to say yes. I, I want to say yes only because I know Brian. Um, yeah. Pretty much here too. I cannot think of... <laughs> Wait, what is that supposed to mean? You just like things because things... I can't think of oh. any reason why Revenge of the Sith... or Yeah, that's the third one. Uh, why mm -hmm. that would be yeah. any better than Return of the Jedi, except for maybe like the last 45 minutes. Well, he already told us that he hates the whole Ewok scene. Like, everything with Ewoks. <laughs> and Revenge hey, of the I Sith... I started out saying I don't hate Ewoks in general. Revenge but, oh. of the Sith comes really early, which means he'll be nice and awake for this one. <laughs> that's true and it comes after the first and two, it which comes after it one and two so, I'm so just it's like, really finally. the first slightly good one in the series i don't know um. i mean the only part of that movie that's any good and this is going to sound completely terrible but the only part of that movie that's any good is when anakin kills all of the children and then becomes evil <gasps> oh my gosh that's actually what i was thinking too <laughs> that's wow that's that funny. did sound kind of terrible i know it so that was a very well, good it's really emotionally good. grabbing it yeah. actually makes yeah. you care about all the characters the soundtrack in that movie is exceptional but anyway do you guys think it's true or i not? think it's true i have to say no just for my own sanity all right it is true uh, um, yeah. knows me better. now i'm gonna defend myself a little bit here i think return of the jedi is a very disjointed and poorly put together movie um it has its ending is amazing the final showdown between vader and luke is emotionally resonant and fantastic and ties everything up but i think the java the entire like java prologue mm -hmm. had no need to be there and it's just weird all the Ewok stuff feels slow and out of place. 
Uh, I don't think the actors are nearly as engaged or energetic as they were in the first two movies. So I just like, it's a movie with a ton of flaws and doesn't really have that much through line except for that one plot with Luke and Vader. Meanwhile, Revenge of the Sith has a lot of problems, but it has a really engaging core narrative about the whole fall of the Jedi and the fall of Anakin. And like, is this cool, like, juxtaposition to other Star Wars movies and that it, it is a tragedy and you're like seeing that fateful decision coming the whole movie so there's like this for sense of foreboding going on the entire movie up until Anakin betrays Mace Windu in turns and I just like enjoy the narrative arc of it so much and the novel was fantastic oh yeah um and has given mm. me a much better perspective on the characters in the story which I can then kind of read into the movie I so. would be yeah that doesn't surprise me that the book would be way better I've yeah. only ever read one a novelization of like a visual media and yes. it was awful. What was it? It was uh, the Halo book, uh, The Flood, I believe. Oh, it was. I never so read those. Bad. Okay, now, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. Probably not, considering there's like 37 of them. The Halo <laughs> books are incredible. <laughs> I really, okay. really like them. The only thing I know about the Halo books is that Drew Scanlon and Vinnie Caravella both read them. They're so good. Well, okay, I read the first four the first okay. one was great. The third one mm-hmm. was great. The fourth one I could not finish, and then the third one I had to force myself through. There were parts of it. That Wait a were minute. Great. I'm sorry. The Wait second one. I, just... I meant yeah. The second. Excuse me. <laughs> so you've read other novelizations of a visual medium? That no, no, no. Because see, the thing is, uh, oh, the it's, flood was a direct a telling of. It was Halo. basically yeah. the first Halo game in a book. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. The- yeah, that sounds terrible, actually. Was, Not that the Halo game bad. is bad, but turning a video game, especially the first in a series, into a book seems to me like just a just a recipe for disaster. I was reading it. And I'm like, I remember everything that's happening here from Master Chief's perspective, and now I'm hearing it from Master Chief's <sighs> perspective. I'm, I'm forgetting. In the Fault of the Stars movie, what book did Augustus end up giving to Hazel? Did he end up giving oh, one to her? Oh, yeah, he did. I don't remember. Was it a Halo it was, book? No, it no. was it was a fake video game, but it was basically No, that Halo. was in the book. In the movie, they didn't have the fake video game. I'm pretty sure In the was. movie, he was playing Halo, but he still yes. gave her the fake. It was, was still, it still a fictional a video game novelization. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like Price gotcha. of Dawn or something like that. Okay, I don't gotcha. Remember. It was Call of Honor. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Call <laughs> so of Honor. It was a very nice. stereotypical action video game name <laughs> yeah i believe you mean the hailing of honor oh my <laughs> <laughs> all right but yes definitely check out the the book for revenge of the it's really cool and nice. if you like the general plot they were trying to tell but didn't like how the movie told it you may get a kick out of that book it did a much better and more gradual way like the decision making makes sense in the book in a way that the movie just didn't um all right abigail it's back to you for round two of opinions all right um I really only prepared a couple, so Yep. <clears throat> my second my second faux opinion <laughs> is predictability, like plot predictability is bad. Wait. Oh, you see, I she's trying to trick us, Parker, because like it seems really obvious that this would be true. I don't know. She always talks about how she hates the cop show formula because it's so predictable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also hate the cop show formula. You sound like you're a bit annoyed hearing that opinion from her. <laughs> okay. House is a good show. I don't care what. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're reopening old wounds now. now just like, get fast it Abigail. It got to the point where I could literally predict what the disease would be, what would happen, and when the blood would oh. show up. But I still love that show. I already just like, I'll like, I would... Uh, see it on because uh, my dad is watching it for a while so I just like walk, walk past and see that 
it was on and something normal would be going on. And I'm like, oh, when is this person going to have a heart attack? Because obviously this is the opening scene. Yeah. This guy's giving a speech, walking around. And I'd just be like, he's probably going to fall down right now. And then he just goes, ah! and <laughs> like collapses. <laughs> and yeah, it it definitely is formulaic. But like the character scene is really strong in that show. So Everything up until like season eight is worth watching. All right, so we need to guess. Um, I kind of want to say false just because I bet Abigail's saying like some deep thing about how predictability <laughs> is not necessarily bad because it means you constructed like a constructed a narrative with a cohesive flow that people are able to keep up with rather than just being random for the sake oh of being random. Oh my god! So that I answer sound way smarter when you talk to me. And it was so vast that like <laughs> if you threw food on it, you could feed Africa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, so man. Brian says false. What do you say, Parker? I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I know you don't like predictability in most cases. At least that's what I thought. That's this, what I thought, too. I feel really bad if I get this wrong. <laughs> oh, no. This has, like, real-life implications. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> it's kind of a trick question. Yes. Oh, I was gosh. right. <laughs> I don't find... I, I don't think predictability in and of itself is a bad thing. And this is evidenced by the fact that romantic comedies and friends are two of my favorite things ever. Um, Aw, I like friends too, Abigail. <laughs> I love sitcoms, <laughs> and sitcoms have a beat. Like, you know when the joke is going to fall, yes. and you know what kind of joke it's going to be, and you know when it's going to tie up. Also, romantic mm-hmm. comedies is boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. That's basically the plot. Um, and I dislike it when it breaks that plot. Um, mm-hmm. There is some predictability that I don't like. And I think, honestly, it's just personal preference. I don't like cop show formulas. Um, I think they're annoying. But if the characters are engaging enough that I don't care, like f- with friends and with How I Met Your Mother and with mm-hmm. the good romantic comedies, I care about the characters way more than I care about the actual plot. So... The only time that predictability in and of itself is bad is if I know that they are trying to surprise me and their surprise um, is predictable. Yep. I, don't I kind like of, that. I did kind of guess on that. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting opinion. I think it's a bad opinion because. <laughs> well, thank you your, for discrediting your support, me. Your support for your opinion is romantic comedies and sitcoms, <laughs> which. <laughs> which are not. So you should love I admit Twilight that they're not great. Both. I hate Twilight. Okay. I can't really judge. Twilight was just comedies, badly honestly, written. <laughs> just because they've seen so few. I dislike sitcoms in the same way I dislike cop shows because they're so predictable mm-hmm. and, and because they're so repetitive. It's a valid thing to not like predictability. Yeah. I think it's a different kind of person because sometimes it can be safe. Exactly. You can go into something, I know exactly what I'm going to get out of this. So if I liked it last right. time, I'll probably like it again. Um, it's mm-hmm. usually when it's like a one off movie or something that it's like, oh, there's going to be a twist ending. Oh, you totally <laughs> called it. That right. kind of disappoints me. This is a similar reason I also don't like most Japanese RPGs because they just have the same plot over and over and over again. I don't know. That eventually just gets so tiring to me mm. being like, oh, no, it's that character again. Yeah, there's the, the orphan with Amnesia who's actually a prince and has magical yeah. powers. <laughs> exactly. And the mysterious girl with a locket and a mission to save the world from an evil empire. And then the obviously um, bad, bad guy. Wait a minute. We're just describing Star Wars. Oh, no. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Uh, yeah. When the same bad guy comes back, name. though, all the time, I don't like that. That's kind of yeah. annoying because that's just unrealistic. Wait, what's unrealistic? It's the same bad guy is always coming back. Like, it's like, oh, it's always Lex Luthor causing trouble. Oh, like, so how does no like one Zelda. got him yet? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. All right. Wait, how is this going? I think Parker. Yeah, Parker. Parker. So we're, we're so only turn. doing two. 
we can we can jump through the rest of our we can go back and forth okay. after your next All right. one. This one is specific to video games. Telling a okay. story through audio logs is horrible and lazy. True. Yay! Wow, that was quick. It is. It's fact. It's not opinion. <laughs> I don't really know what that is, but I'm assuming it's where they're just I'm talking. I'm going to explain like it to this. Abigail. Yes, I will. So this was... Or you oh, will. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Parker. I thought you said, will you explain it to Abigail? <laughs> Forgive me. Y'all should do go it ahead, at the Parker. same time. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, an audio log is basically a, an item that you would find in the world, and you pick it up, and it gives you exposition or some kind of backstory or something, but it's completely oh, passive. That's right. So this sucks. This was popularized, I think, in System Shock and then later the Bioshock series. Yep. Um, it was kind of cool originally. It was like a unique way of, of telling a story in that you would like be going around this environment and you'd find like a log. And it was typically like a character in the world had recorded his thoughts down out of this log. Uh-huh. And you were like hearing it, um, kind of like a journal. Mm-hmm. It was slightly like ingenious because unlike a journal where you had to stop the gameplay, sit down, read through something, put the journal down and go back to the story, you could walk around and explore the environment while you were getting exposition. Yep. Oh, unfortunately, okay, cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, people thought this was so cool that everyone started doing it and so just dumber and dumber audio logs mm. have been popping up. Like, why are you recording this? Like, this makes no cohesive sense with the story. And they're so, just yeah. bad quality too. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. It's kind That's of like a troop. Yeah, well, okay, so this is actually 50-50, because okay. specifically with Bioshock, I thought they were done mm-hmm. incredibly well, yes. but they were also kind of some of the first, um, yes. and as time went on, they are absolutely terrible. Yes. I just don't care anymore. I hate Diablo 3s. Uh, yeah, I skipped most of them. Some of them were actually kind of funny, but... I mean, as much as I love Deckard's Cain voice, just hearing you say, like, the bandits are evil people who rob things. Mm-hmm. I, said, I don't really need you to tell me about this, yeah. Deckard Cain. There's, there's no heart. And then he's just like, stay a while and listen. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Now, <laughs> see, right. it's it's weird, though, because audio, not necessarily audio logs, but found items in the world are all that Dark mm-hmm. Souls and, and those games use to tell their story. And it's a wonderful story, and I love it. There's not really audio logs. Yeah, though, but like, I mean, it's, it's completely sense. like, to use a completely unrelated term, found footage, if you will. Yeah. And I think... I, I yeah, I totally get how you're fifty fifty here. Is it seems like what you actually do is you hate when audio logs are used lazily. Yes. Like but that would be too obvious of an opinion. <laughs> like I hate it when writers do lazy things. Hmm. I mean I That's I, unpopular. I love a good found footage film and almost everyone I ask hates them. Hmm. Um they seem cool to me. I haven't really seen many. I don't know. Chronicle is amazing, so maybe that's just hmm. me. But again, I, I love superhero it. movies. Except Captain America. Yep. <laughs> All right, so my next faux opinion here. Um, I think Terminator 2 is the worst Terminator movie. False. Are you just trying to please Dan don't Reichert be me? true or a Jeff Gerstmann <laughs> me or whatever? I wait. Have you even mm, seen either of them? I, don't, I can't tell you. <laughs> I false. False. The, it is false. I've not seen Yay. a second of any Terminator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, I take that back. I've seen like three one, seconds of Terminator Two. No, I've seen oh, no Terminator movies. Oh, you have seen, not seen a second. Ha ha ha. Yeah. No. Oh, I've not seen the second Terminator. Movie, <laughs> I heard. So. I have not seen a second of any Terminator movie. I'm like, uh, there was only one series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Parker. Back to you. Uh, that one is really easy. Okay. Um, I find that stories set in modern times have difficulty holding my interest, and therefore. Modern settings are dull and uninteresting. That was a lot uh, of caveats, but true. Yeah, it's a lot of how it was put seems like it could have been false, like yeah, the inference that I do not into them, thus I think they're dull. 
but I still think it's true, and it's also the opposite of Abigail. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I find that unless there's something really interesting going on with the characters, a modern setting just kind of ruins it for me. I mean, it's not like I won't read books set in our time or like a contemporary modern um, yeah world. It's just if I'm going to sit down and devote myself to something, I want it to have some kind of fantastical bent to it. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah, why another I love world sci-fi to explore and, and, learn and fantasy so much. It's it. I guess mm-hmm. it's just escapism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. That's I, a really I, that's a really popular opinion among avid readers. I would find which is a lot funny of because I'm not an avid I'm, reader. <laughs> you're not. Well, it's I an even more popular opinion among video game yeah, like people gamers. really into RPGs and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was very much in that same camp, and I'm still largely in that camp. It's what I really grew up on. I've lar- I've lately found modern settings more compelling than I did before. But as we talked about in the last uh, episode about high fantasy, there's still something very near and dear to me about, you know, exploring that other world. Oh, yeah. I um, think that's the whole um, perspective of how important this setting is to you. Um, because as, as from what I found in, like, modern settings and whatnot, the setting has nothing to do with the story. The setting is just there, and it's all about yeah. the characters. But right. in something like that, it's a little bit more of that escapism. It's kind of exploring a new world, learning new things, and it's similar to what we talked about in the high fantasy episode. Yeah of wanting to be in the world because, oh, cool, this is really cool, let's explore this, as opposed to just, hey, let's tell a great story with cool characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, just a diff- right. it's definitely a different style of consuming. Can I add something on? My- no. Yes, this, this actually goes back to my Tom Clancy is my favorite author. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I remember thinking about like genres that I did not like, and mm-hmm. espionage is one of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I... I I really want to like espionage movies like, you know, the, the yeah. born identity, uh, and, and books like, you know, uh, whatever Tom Clancy wrote, <laughs> I can't, nothing came to mind hunt for blue October yeah, hunt for purple October. Um, <laughs> but I always find myself getting so bored and so bogged mm-hmm. down with all of the politics and just real world stuff that I can't <laughs> stay we need fake politics, you know darn it. Yeah. We need the dwarves arguing with the elves. Oh, even we that should... gets boring. But... About land rights. I... What? How could that get boring? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. That's yeah, true. That's a good point. We need the Salarians arguing with the... Um... How about the humans arguing with the dwarves because they want to mine the mountains? But there you go with your human-centric fantasy. I love and... human-centric <laughs> fantasy. It's so good. Which is weird because uh, I hate modern settings, but I love human-centric but fantasy. You, you love humans and other settings. Well, you have that's to have a, something your... to latch on to. You have to have the strange and the familiar. It's so humanity. for him, the familiar yeah. is the humans, but the strange is everything right. else. So it's I as if you yourself point. is going in and exploring. It's really hard to follow a character who's not human. Like Narnia, where all the children go to Narnia, and Parker loves that. So. You're right. That was one of my faux opinions. I love Narnia. <laughs> All so right, so much. This actually goes well into my Solarian reference a moment ago. Uh, I'm I find Mass Effect to be quite dull. Is this true or false? That's completely I true. Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Mass Effect is a sci-fi series by Bioware. That's a, uh, a video game well series. Speaking Greek. You're speaking Greek. It is a sci-fi Greek. video game series. Basically, False. imagine a, Abigail, a modern. What did I say about sci-fi in the high fantasy? Episode? You don't this is a, like a sci-fi. Take on Star Wars. That's basically what Mass Effect. Oh, is. okay. We'll see. Okay, dislike and quite dull are two different things. But I'll say, I'll say that's true. Yep, it's true. 
Good job, Yay. everyone. Respect is quite old to me. You know, I, I really, I have games. all three games sitting on my shelf mm-hmm. right over there as I'm pointing. Um, <laughs> I got about five hours in. I got killed. I know. And I said, I don't want to play this right now. It's so boring. I tried the first one like eight times and then finally got through it and then got halfway through the second one. And I'm like, it's not not boring yet. It's even more boring now. Um, I think I it's funny I that you started the second game after not liking the first one. I kind of like the first one. Then I like the second one less than the uh, first okay. one. <laughs> I'm like, darn it. I thought this was going to get better. It just ruined uh, your taste yeah. for them. I found in the first one, it was just a little bit too, like, um, <sighs> did you dull and spaced out? Yeah. Like, the characters were all very unrelatable and just robotic. Boring. What? Robotic. I thought you said but, um, erotic. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it just ruined the series for you. I mean, they were always robotic. like catcalling and just hitting on each other all the time. Commander Shepard is Granted, just so that would ruin the series for me, but that wasn't the reason. I do, I do actually hear that a lot of people uh, prefer Femship over Manship. Yeah, I need... Oh, my gosh. Um, the Shepard voice acting was just the worst. Just like, what can I do for you? Yes. Okay, let's go stop them. I need alcohol it was really to bad. my power cells. oh gosh um but yeah the next one my problem was kind of the opposite where the characters were almost felt kind of like uh stereotypes and kind of cardboard cut outy there didn't seem like much depth to them and they're almost trying to be like too uh what would you say like too bouncy and interesting and it was just kind of none of them felt real So what you're saying is that bioware is a bad developer no i'm saying i like all their other games (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I just couldn't really get into the Mass Effect series, and so that's a pretty unpopular opinion as well, because most people are like, Mass Effect 2, best RPG of the generation, best game ever, shut up. Okay, I have like, a question. Okay. How do you yeah. feel about Bioware's storytelling? Because I don't think it's all that great. Um, I think they write really great casts of characters in a lot of their games, particularly Knights of the Old Republic and Dragon Age. Uh-huh. Um, I think their broader plots are often pretty formulaic and lacking. All of their um, games have the exact same plot. There is one game that did. What is that? Have you played Dragon Age 2? I have not, but I talk- I, we've gone over why I can't play Dragon Age. So right. should we go over That's that fair. on podcasts but so that people can hear? <laughs> we don't need to go over that. <laughs> I have gone over Dragon Age 2, though, and the reason it's interesting is the game takes place over, I think, like three years, and all takes place in one city. That's cool. And follows your very personal, like journey through that city so it's not just you need to do the four things to save the world which is what every other bioware plot is oh yeah but it's like a really personal and specific journey about your character living in this city over a long period of time um and it's a much more compelling compelling good lord compelling narrative for that reason i agree that typically bioware's plots are really boring though. we have to assemble a team to do a job yes they're basically heists but with like dwarves and stuff that sounds like uh-huh. an amazing game why wasn't dragon <laughs> that good oh my gosh yeah, Mass Effect 2, like, went with the Assemble the Team narrative the most by far. But the reason I like Bioware Plots is, like, more than any other game, they let you have really engaging and interesting conversations with your uh, party members. So when those party members are well-written, I really enjoy the stories. But when they aren't, I immediately lose interest. That's true. So, I think I should actually uh, play through and then just go renegade on every option. <laughs> did you play the original Night's Little Republic? I did, and it was amazing. But it was still yes. Assemble a Team do a job. I agree. I just thought their their world and and uh, characters were particularly engaging in that. Uh, uh, game. Did you finish it? Yes. Did you get the good ending or the bad ending? I have done both. Oh, okay, I played the game like three times. Um, I I was a Sith through that whole game, and mm-hmm. when Bastilla, I think that's what her name was. Yeah. When Bastilla, Bastilla, when she became like when she was converted to the dark side, yep. I had her join me, and we conquered the galaxy as 
evil king yeah. and queen. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the good ending is ridiculously boring and bad. So the bad ending is much better in that game. <laughs> um, you chose the right ending, but yeah, that's the other plot they actually do repeatedly is have that character that then turns corrupt. Really? Did that um, happen? In they that had age? that exact same plot. It was like a, a, uh, some paladin woman in Neverwinter Nights did the exact same thing. Really? It was really weird. Yes. Wow. Um, but anyway, uh, Parker, do you have another full opinion? Um, Choose your own adventure books are the pinnacle of literary achievement. Oh, God. True. No. Because they're video games. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, Brian. Uh, no. I mean, it's got to be false. Uh, yeah, no, it's false. false. That one okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the idea of them, though. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I recall them very vaguely. We, we need better. They're basically like, you know, text adventure games. Those are really fun. Yep. Um, all right. I have another faux opinion. I think gnomes have the most interesting narrative arc in Warcraft lore. You said this just to make me mad. (laughs) (laughs) I did hear, I heard that in your voice. It's like, ooh, this is gonna just really get up his skin. I hate gnomes (sighs) so much. But you, like, you have like 37 of them. Yeah, I, they're all interconnected family members of part of one giant gnome family. They're not actually. I think you have admitted true. to me before that the gnomes are stupid, so no, false. Abigail? Is, I'm just going to say true right. because gnome solidarity, whatever the word is. All right. Nobody likes them. Oh. Uh, I think that pun came up short, Parker. Oh. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> okay. Just, so. just cast a shadow over mine, why don't you? <laughs> I want to start here saying that I love gnomes. Uh. But they do not have the most interesting narrative arc <laughs> in World of Warcraft lore. Not at all. Yay. They're hilarious. They're funny. They're great. But they're not narr- their narrative arc is we accidentally killed ourselves and now we don't have a home. That sounds amazing, That's though. fantastic. I'm actually changing my mind now. <laughs> no, if they were actually dead, that would be even better. I think the most fascinating narrative ones. arc in Warcraft lore are the Blood Elves. Um I think those guys are super cool because they're like high elves that became addicted to their own magic and are like fallen elves from their more like primal nature-loving night elf brethren. I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, the gnomes just, they're, they're lore-wise, they're pretty thin. Personally, There's a I reason they are in no intro movie. Wait, well, they don't have other intro races. They, well, not like if you look at the cinematics for every expansion, every race has been in them except gnomes. They should just have one uh, like the next expansion. The CG should just be nothing but gnomes with every class. I'm sorry, they didn't do uh, Worgen or Goblins either just because Cataclysm didn't have races in their inter-movies. But you're right, I just want the next, I want the whole next expansion to be gnomes. Like, everyone thought the Goblins versus gnomes was just a Hearthstone expansion. Turns out it's also a World of Warcraft expansion. (laughs) Just for a day, they should convert everyone's character to a goblin or a gnome. (laughs) That would be an awesome April Fool's joke. The mass pandemonium that that would cause. If it's a pandemonium, pandemonium, they're all going to be Pandaren, Parker. You got to get this right. I refuse to comment on that amazing pun. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but but um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, they recently did a uh, April Fool's joke in Heroes of the Storm where everyone had giant heads. So they have precedent for doing April Fool's jokes uh, in-game now. So there you go. We can hope. All right. Uh, do you have one more faux opinion? Because I do, Parker. Uh, Abigail, did you have any left? I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, do you have anyone to make up here real quick? I... Um, Superhero stories never go out of style. 
true. That's true. That's not even a, that's a fact. It's it's false. I don't like superheroes. You yeah. said they never go out of style. I know. Like but that's something I wrote down and I decided not to say because I knew that y'all would know it by the way. I actually think they are going to go out of style. They're so right going they're like, out of style. Okay, the only reason they're going out of style is because of the way that they're being done. Because the they keep rebooting, rebooting the systems instead of rebooting. telling new stories. Yeah. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. So that's also, just the Marvel movies old. are starting to feel really similar to each other. Well, they are yeah, all in like, the same universe. They're feeling... Exactly. They all feel exactly the same. And so, like, I don't know. Maybe they might stay, but I think they're going to get less popular. Right. Because it's like, oh, wait, this isn't popular enough. Let's reboot this other series mm-hmm. instead. Pretty much. Let's tell Superman's origin story. Oh, I hate origin stories. I know all of He's them. He's a Superman. Oh. Do you know... Wait, I'm going to quiz you on this real quick. Do you know the, the origin story for Ant-Man? I know all of them but Ant-Man. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. All right, Parker. So what is your next faux opinion? I love Ant-Man's origin story. I love Ant-Man. No. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm... Okay. Okay. Some books that are based off of video games are actually really decent and i i genuinely like them true you told us that you like those other Halo books yes, yes. i wanted Yay. to make sure that you were listening uh probably yeah. my favorite series was called the sin war but i'm not going to tell you what uh what game that was based off of because i want you to actually read it at some point <laughs> gosh so i'm gonna read it to find out i'm just gonna read up up until the point that it says mario that <laughs> yes mario the sin war. mario the sin war <laughs> Uh, no, it's in the uh, title. You would know. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, there was a Dragon Age book. Never read it. There were missed books that I never read. I missed those. Michael and, loved those. Ooh, good one. Uh, yeah, I would love to try those. Um, they're riveting. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you really right, missed that one. What's your last book? Uh, you're just doing the same one now, Parker. I exile you from puns. Stop. Your exile misses? Misses? <laughs> I've just had a revelation. We need to move on uh, to the end of ages. All right. So I have one, <laughs> one faux opinion left. Um, I like Frozen. True. That's that's completely false. You hate Frozen. <laughs> Parker is correct. I have, I have seen the light oh, in this podcast. Man. Finally having to change my mind. Frozen is the worst movie ever made. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, you know, it's not the worst ever movies that are about like ice and snow. We've got Winter Soldier, we've got Frozen, you know, just so down on them. Narnia. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Narnia. Um, uh, the Thing. Hey, that movie is incredible. After Tomorrow? I haven't I seen it. It's so good. All right. Uh, but yes, we need to close this podcast out. That was super fun. It was. Uh, thank you both for joining me. Yeah, we um, ran super long this time. We did. I think it was I think worthwhile, it's because Parker. I'll just cut out all the parts where Abigail's talking. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you two know that you like to talk and you like, you just, pshht, whatever. I talk the most. Somehow it became a video game podcast at some point. <laughs> that always happens. If that really point, does like, almost every time. Oh, okay. If you get like me and Steven or, or Cameron in the same podcast, it's going to turn into video games. Okay, sometime we're so. going to do one with like you, me, and Ariel, and then it's going to just turn into a Doctor Who podcast. No, and- we're going to talk about the Elder Scrolls <laughs> for half of the time. No, My Little Pony. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. The narrative There's arc an unpopular of Fluttershy opinion. was very impressive. She became less shy. I actually don't know what I need to rainbow dash out of here if we're talking about this. Twilight Twilight Sparkle became like princess, though, at some point of the whole kingdom, I think. All I know is that Zach and Cameron were super excited about some wedding going on in My Little Pony. And I don't. That was the wedding between the princess and someone. Was that the red wedding? I don't know. (laughs) 
I'm not even going to ask. I was going to ask about to close the show. I'm not even going to ask. What about Abigail? Said we were about to close the show. What happened? It's me doing an outro. Is what happened. Oh, that's uh, right. You do suck at those. <laughs> oh, burned. <laughs> oh, I prefer to think that I create new discussion where there was none. But all right, Abigail, we'll go with your <laughs> your reading of my talents. That's fine. Uh, all right. So thank you everyone for joining us. You can find us on Twitter at Third Person Show. You can email us and tell us how bad I am at doing outros at Third Person Show at gmail dot com. I will be legitimately. Really excited if someone sends me an email about that, and I will read it on the show next week. Even um, if it's from me? Us, even if it's from you. I'll email you. <laughs> You're going to get a couple. You can, find, <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on YouTube at Third Person, a storytelling podcast, and we are a part of the Whales or Whales Productions Network. You can find other awesome shows like this with other awesome people like us at whalesorwhales.com. If you want to find us personally on Twitter, I am Lord Meldor. Uh, Parker is Tactical Truth TG. The TG stands for Texan Gamer because Tactical Truth was taken by me. There you go. And <laughs> Abigail is not the thinky reader, Yay! which is freaking me out. I finally he finally learned. got it right and I changed it. Right. So she's aimless hyperbole. No! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I was actually going to try right. for that, but the E just won't fit. Yep. Aimless hyperbole. So she is <laughs> hyperball. She is Abigail underscore Inslee, which is E N D S L E Y. So it's a weird way to spell Abigail, but what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> well, the only proper spelling of Inslee. Uh, is there another one? Uh, there's one without the D. Oh, really? Is there one with an I E at the end? There's uh. one with an L I, like E G H. Oh, no. Like, there's not.